This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. The time now is 22 minutes to the hour, 12 o'clock, and we have our Masterclass Level Up series. And in today's session, we're focusing on trust in media reportage and journalism in South Africa. We're honored to have Makuru Safara, who's the editor of Times Live and deputy editor of the Sunday Times, uh, joining us for this discussion. And of course, to set the tone for the discussion, trust in news has uh, increased significantly over the last four years. But at the same time, the media environment is becoming an increasingly toxic terrain and myths and disinformation of media titles are being co-opted into political and corporate propaganda and of coordinated attacks on the credibility of individual journalists. And while the majority of media can still be characterized as free, ethical and also trustworthy, it would be remiss not to worry of attempts to erode this. And between 2019 and 2022, trust in news grew from 49% to 61% uh, here in South Africa and now ranks uh, two out of 46 countries in this survey that was uh, conducted. And almost all the brands include uh, in the essay survey have also grown their rating with News24, the most trusted brand in uh, all four years, a survey jointly with the BBC back in 2021. But to help us give us uh, more context, uh, a bit of a reminder there that Makuru Safara joins us for this uh, discussion. He's the editor at Times Live and the deputy editor at the Sunday Times. Makuru, uh, good to have you on the program this morning. Uh, good morning and uh, thank you for having me. Let, let's set the terrain here and maybe give us your opening remarks on uh, South Africa, the state of South Africa's media and journalism in this country. No, no, I think that um, uh, in as much as uh, the number of people practicing journalism may have decreased over years, mm. the some of the people who remain in the in the newsroom in the newsrooms um, across the country are um, some of the most uh, courageous um, uh, to a degree, very very ethical uh, people, um, hardworking and um, enterprising and 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 innovative um, in a way that you know. In, uh, editors today are required to do way much more than um, the editors previously had to deal with mm-hmm. um, and having to do so with uh, with limited resources. Um, and, and so, I mean, you know, we can talk about a number of things that are not going right yeah. uh, in journalism, but also at the same time, there are many other things that are going right that 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 are hardly spoken about mm, mm. um and and there are there are heroes of of our democracy who are in in various newsrooms who are going about the the muckraking that that journalism requires um who are doing the fact checking yeah. you know as as technology changes and um news consumption methods um and you know change mm-hmm. this forces people um in 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 newsrooms to find creative ways of making sure that that you know uh, the thing that um or information that's true and mm-hmm. factual to the extent that that can be determined 
um, is put out there. So the the survey, for example, just just in conclusion, the survey, for example, that you're talking about, yeah. that relates to the improvement in trust in news. Um, you know, uh, the 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 thing behind it is that. At the point in history, there was a proliferation of misinformation and 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 you know uh, fake news mm-hmm. and all manner mm-hmm. of things that 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 created chaos and mayhem and in the mm-hmm. information ecology, um, and that um, what people then had to do was to gravitate back to the to the brands that they knew. Um, you know, practiced uh, good journalism and that they had people who were checking facts and that, you know, uh, they themselves were not subject of um, information that's not verified. And as you know, information is really very key for a functioning democracy um, and the thing that underpins many Mm -hmm. rights and and so on and so on. And so there's people in, in, in various newsrooms who may not be known, uh, yeah. who may not have fancy titles, but who do really, really important work um, that helps this democracy to function. You raise a very interesting uh, last point on the rise of mis- and disinformation in the media. How does this then affect the public trust in news as well? Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, of late, as I as I indicate, it, it, it's had a, it's had a, um, a turn for the better. So initially, people just assumed that as long as it's out there, as long as it's on social media, you know, so uh, if this is fake, um, um, if this is established not to be true or it's doubted, it means, you know, no one can be trusted, including um, um, media houses who, you know, practice you know proper journalism and so and and i mean it's it's also a thing that played into the hands of um um politicians who who went into the truth or when people are investigated mm. and their information mm. is put out they they then just tended to say ah no it's fake news you mm. know uh, and and you know uh, that's kind of worked against the industry and and um in in favor of 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 those type of people i mean it's not just the South African thing, even across the globe, there's examples of of leaders who weaponized information and and created a you know a, a state in which people doubted uh, what what the media said. Like somebody like like Donald Trump, for example, I mean is a is an obvious example <laughs> yeah, of, yeah. of how how not to lead and how not mm, to use information, mm. how not to relate to the media and, and, and so on and so on. But but what we are seeing of late is that because people are are becoming aware of misinformation and disinformation yeah. and um they are beginning to go back to trusted brands. So when you present information in general, whether it's a it's in a WhatsApp group or, or elsewhere, uh, people are then able to say, right, let's check if this is true. And then they'll go and um, <clears throat> check with the, with Times Live or News24 or, you know, whatever other platforms or uh, or Power FM, et, et cetera, and, and, and just check whether a particular thing um, has been captured uh, on the on the news sites of those organizations mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. Because if it is a thing that is important, um, and the thing that 
uh, ought correctly to be uh, reflected on by the media, um, those platforms would have something about that. And if they don't, um, you know, then it brings doubt on the believability of such information. And so, and so, and so, uh, of late, we are seeing that um, people are beginning to retrace their steps to uh, to the brands that they can trust. Um, and so that's why the trust in the media is beginning to improve again. I mean, we have seen uh, the ugly side of the media, as, you, as you'd know, uh, and spoke, spoken about uh, maybe various examples of media titles being co-opted into political and uh, corporate propaganda in South Africa. But are there examples that at least you can think of where media titles are being co-opted into political influence and a corporate, uh, a corporate propaganda in this country? Well, I mean, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a difficult thing because it's a thing that that's based on opinions mm. and and part of what other people have said, for example, and this is a thing that is that is out there in the public is that yeah. independent newspapers, for example, mm. um, people have said that look the the you know this things that are that are wrong with the title with the uh, with the group and and uh, i mean the group has its own reasons why it's no longer part of the press council and so therefore the general ombudsman that that uh, all of us affiliate to and uh, are subject to um and and part of the narrative uh, against the group is that you know um they you know they've taken a stance and that said that the current administration of President um, Cyril Ramaphosa, you know, should be reflected in a way that showcases uh, its failures. And so the question was, is it just only its failures or not? Yeah. And because all of us reflect on the current administration and reflect on 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 its failings, but we also reflect on other things that they manage to get right, mm-hmm. however few mm-hmm. those things might be. Um, and so if if um, you start looking at that um, group and 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 see, for example, their election uh, coverage plan, which which was leaked, uh, which was subject um, uh, of reporting by other media houses, mm. um, then an impression is created that that uh, that group, um, you know, has been captured by a faction that is opposed to the current uh, faction that is in charge of. Of government right. um, from the ANC. Uh, so you yeah. you raised a very interesting uh, name, and that is the figure of uh, former president of the U.S. Uh, Donald Trump. And uh, many of us know or remember his uh, outbursts, where he basically call out particular journalists. Uh, but uh, looking closer to home, uh, let's speak about yeah. how do these coordinated attacks on the credibility of individual journalists? How does it impact the overall trust in media? Yeah. I, I mean, it's a. Um, you know that in uh, my other capacity, I work as the media freedom chairperson of the South African National Editors Forum. Hmm. So, so part of the the work that we do is to campaign against uh, people who unleash attacks on journalists. Um, and and there's quite a number that are um, that happen almost you know on a monthly basis in the country and. And um, you know the the thing that we observe is that people um, uh, often say 
they are committed to media freedom and they are committed to the right of uh, members of the media to practice uh, their craft and journalism um, and, and, you know, uh, contribute to democracy. But when you look at the actual practice, um, it contradicts their their commitments. And so, and so, you know, there's there's quite a number of examples. Like, for example, the EFF is has its tenth um, anniversary uh, coming up in a week or so. And um, one of the things that's really jarring about uh, about the, the, the you know this march towards the tenth yeah. is 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 the party's relationship with the media. I mean, the the CIC is very open and is available to members of the media and engages with them. But then some of the people within the party, including the MMC of safety in Johannesburg, in the city of Johannesburg, mm. I mean, there would be an attack on a on an ENS, e, ENCA reporter, Slinde uh, Lomasike. Yeah. And, and this would happen in front of him, and he wouldn't move a finger even though he is responsible for safety and security in the city of Jobek, and a violation of somebody's safety and their security happens right in their eye, yep. and 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 that you know he 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 just move on regardless of the fact that he's in action is being captured on camera while the people around him are violating the report, you know stuff like that uh, happens and is worrying. And of course, I mean, there's things that the 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 ANC in government and outside of government says that um, that are worrying. This week, for example, the <laughs> the Secretary General of the ANC, Figile Mbalula, uh, said very publicly that um, uh, they've spoken to the Justice Minister to to do the right thing. Um, and that they don't think, as the ANC, that former President Jacob Zuma needs to go back to jail. Um, I mean, on the face of it, it looks innocuous, and, mm, and mm. but essentially, um, what's the point of saying to the Justice Minister, make sure that your work is done, and but then add a rider that says that you don't think, as the party, that uh, former President Jacob Zuma must go to jail. Um, the 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 view, of course, from a media freedom point of view, uh, ought to be that the 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 minister of justice and uh, in particular the the commissioner of correctional services must make a call that is in line with the law, right? Um, without taking into consideration uh, whatever political benefits or your know, challenges, if. The correct call legally to be made is that former President Jacob Zuma must go to jail to finish his sentence. Mm-hmm. That call must be made regardless of the fact that um, in the past the police were caught napping and the intelligence people didn't come to the party. Uh, the minute uh, the Secretary General of the ANC, the the thing that he ought to be doing is to say to the police, uh, should there be um, you know, some smidgen of an uprising, you must do your work and that the intelligence people must be on the ground and they too uh, must not be caught napping. And, you know, and, and not be putting the people who should be making legal calls, mm. and, you know, putting pressure on them to make political considerations about things that are supposed to be, you know, uh, legal issues. Mm. 
We are in conversation with Makudu Safara, and unfortunately, we had to wrap up the conversation there. Makudu, thank you very much for your time. He's the editor of uh, Times Live and deputy editor of the Sunday Times. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.